everyone. Welcome back to Not Safe for Wonks. I'm Kennedy Cooper. I'm Brandon Buchanan. Leia Rose. I'm definitely here. I'm sorry. I was occupied reading Twitter health threads. Oh, oh, Twitter. Uh, Yeah. You know, Bolivia really seems to be an interesting situation. But what was even more interesting is our our editor, our sweet boy, Ren, who normally doesn't have much to say on this podcast, uh, was very insistent about featuring on this episode. Ren, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Ren, um, um, yeah. welcome. Uh, is this your first time being on the show? Officially, yes. I think Ren was on with yeah. Howie. Yeah, but I think Ren just listened in then. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that Ren just listened in for the Howie one. We had everybody there for Howie, yeah. but the three of us just talked. But yeah, uh, and we've talked, we've talked about you on the show before and how wonderful a job you're doing in... Uh, mixing our stupid voices talking about shit all the time but yeah it's it's great that you're kind of able to come on the show and contribute to our discussion of bolivia yeah what what exactly did you want to get out there yeah i just wanted to say that like i know that i don't talk a lot on the show and we kind of communicate um through discord so you guys don't actually know a whole lot about me and i just wanted to say that I'm actually an eight-year-old Bolivian child. Oh and, my god! <laughs> and there is no coup here. No uh, coup. Oh, I've seen uh, pictures of you no. on Twitter, and you would be a very mature eight-year-old. Yeah, you, you you guys don't have proof that that's me. I I, I mean, you did post them. <laughs> I thought you were in college. No, no, that was a misunderstanding. I, I think you guys fail to realize that college here means elementary school. I'm actually a second grader. Wait, you've been oh, editing like the majority of our episodes, like at least all of the ones that sound good. Where, where would you have learned audacity? Are you trying to say that children can't have skills? Oh, oh, snap. That's, ooh. I mean, no, I'm not. Yeah. Some, That's a, some uh, millennial privilege. Millennials talking <laughs> down about about Zoomers. I, I'm I mean, not check yourself. Them. Generation Alpha is here. Oh, I mean, right. Okay, you, you would Ren, be Ren, Ren, you just, it really looks like a coup. You also speak English. Like, really good English. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard you speak Spanish, Ren. Never heard you speak Spanish. Are you telling me that you need to speak Spanish to be from Bolivia? Um, oh, racist oh. much? Oh, oh damn! I, I mean, that, yeah, that, that, that is fuck. unfortunate. We are owned. Damn it! Um, Maybe canceled. Uh, well, I, I guess we have to accept this, right? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you being from Bolivia means it's not a coup. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm looking at your Twitter right now, Ren, and all of your posts seem to be geotagged in New York. Uh... You know what? I don't think I need this from you guys. I think you just you just need to accept that I am a humble farm boy from Bolivia. Uh, I mean, you know, we don't want to call you a liar. No, of course not. We would never we're never in the business of doing that. <laughs> it's it's just a, a bit strange, but so I assume that it's not a coup. You're happy with the new leadership? Mm-hmm. It, it, there isn't sort of indigenous massacres being committed by the police. Like everything's fine. Everything, everybody's happy. Yeah, everyone's happy. It's really great here in Bolivia. We have our first female president. So you know. Oh, that's inspiring, actually. Damn, now I'm feeling oh, all right. It's, it's this girl. 
power. Wow. I do have girl power. Um, yeah, well, this is, I guess, yeah. Yeah. You do, I guess, you do make a really good point. Once again, once again, we've been owned by Twitter. We're going to have another very short episode, just like Katie Hill, where we had nothing to uh-huh, say. Indeed. And uh, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I guess we're done here. Well, yeah. So um, this is about our episode, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we, we we've glad. been we've been owned. We'll just uh, did I hear something? Did I hear something in the background? Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second, everybody. What was that going on on your phone? Oh, that that was that was my um. That was a that was a check from from the CIA. I mean, no, it was a. I knew. I'm just a hungry Dang it! I knew something didn't add up here. I knew multiple things didn't add up. How much did they pay you to to come here and troll us on the podcast? Our own podcast compromised by the CIA. I'm actually Good impressed job, that yeah. this guy got in on the ground floor before we got. Clown. They're not paying me enough to deal with you right now. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, how how easy was it when I approached you and said, "Does anyone want to be our content slave? I mean, editor?" And you just so easily signed up. Like, I don't, I don't know about that one. Yeah, Ren literally said yes with like no hesitation to this job. It was weird as heck. We were literally like, mm-hmm. like y'all have seen like the the parody job postings and the real ones of like shitty like twenty first century job posting ads where it's like. We want you to work for free forever, and you need to know what the fuck you're doing, and we have nothing for you. Fuck off. Like, that was us. <laughs> we well, should know. As a, as a farm boy, I'm very used to um, this unpaid labor from, you know, working, <laughs> working for my family, so. <laughs> we should have known that this was a CIA psyop. As soon as we started to get any kind of audio quality at all um by the way yeah. listeners if you're ever listening to a podcast and it doesn't sound like shit it's the cia <laughs> oh yeah yeah absolutely the worse something sounds the less cia involvement it has definitely. yeah uh, uh, and by the way if you guys have been listening to all those brooklyn fucking podcasts the cia just like gets in a fucking blimp and they just drop cash on brooklyn all of these <laughs> mm-hmm. Fucking white guys scoop up the money and they go in there and they start giving CIA talking points. This is what's happening, and you are unwilling. Ren's in New York. Why didn't we realize this? Why didn't we? How did we? (laughs) Ren, you've got to go. You're canceled. Until we need editing again. I'm canceled. You're canceled. Like, like what Chapo CIA dynasty are you descended from? (laughs) (laughs) Lynn Lynn Winnaker. <laughs> no, 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 no. You seem you seem more like Virgil's kid. Ren, Texas. I this is true. Ren, God. Ren, no comment. Get out of here. Yeah. Skedaddle. You want to be left without an editor? I mean, we'll call you back. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, we'll, yeah. We'll, uh, like, this is like, leave, leave the room and then. Leave, leave now, but then as soon as we're done recording, obviously we're going to be like, hi, hey, Ren. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not above grifting the u.s government it's fine um, real oh, talk yeah. i don't know if 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 just sound quality is 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 you know an indicator of the cia infiltrating your podcast but definitely saying Bol- bolivia wasn't a coup is highly suspect to me <laughs> that, yeah, is right under, that is right under epstein committed suicide 
before you're being paid and will say anything. Yes. <laughs> like like you're either you're either benefiting from it or you're an, you're an idiot and you're yeah. being played by people who are benefiting from it. I agree. It's like Epstein committing suicide. That's like at the top of the list, and then right below that, Bolivia. Yeah, yeah. We we, we got to get a list of uh, fucking CIA tip offs. <laughs> so like, uh, I guess we should just kind of talk about try to figure out what the heck even happened in Bolivia or is happening because it's definitely not over. Yeah, let's talk about uh, the the yeah. Evo Morales' history in Bolivia. Let's talk about this weird sequence of events that that led to the election and the aftermath. And, I mean, hopefully we can talk a little bit about what's being said about Bolivia so that people who listen to this show, they have an idea of how to respond when they're out organizing in their own communities. Because none of our listeners are just like weird podcast listeners. They are out and doing things oh yeah yeah we have the most activist population of listeners ever anyways <laughs> so yeah we want to give you the tools to to not just like enjoy yourself but also to engage with other people about this content yeah absolutely and obviously like this is one of those cases where we all need to fight back against the bad media narrative that's being pushed by just way too many people right now mm-hmm. so we got to just like get in there with some facts. And so hopefully after this episode, you're going to feel like you got the facts. You can tell some people what's up. And so let's go. Like, basically, I don't, I don't know exactly where to start. Um, you know, Ava Morales is a bit of a controversial figure for it's in, a, in a lot of people's eyes for a lot of different reasons. But I think regardless of how you feel about him, um, it's hard to argue that he's done nothing good for the country, and it's also hard to argue that he deserved this, <laughs> or that this is somehow justified. Mm-hmm. So kind of, yeah, essentially the, um, the prelude to the election was our, so, um, Morales was constitutionally term limited to two terms, two or three terms? I believe two terms. Two terms. And he was, uh, he wanted to be president more than that. So he put a referendum up to the people to amend the constitution to say that he could run for another term. The referendum failed, but then he tried, uh, again in the courts to overturn that constitutional provision because there's a law in Bolivia that says international treaties supersede the Bolivian constitution and Bolivian law. And they had signed some UN treaty declaration about the rights of people to run for office. And right. the um, Supreme court decided that under that provision, he could run for another term. Yeah, so, that's, and yeah, the, the, that's basically the, the beginning of the, of, of the woes with, with regards to the election. And there's, alle- there's allegations that Morales like stuffed the stuffed the Supreme court with his loyal guys or whatever, but like that's every appointed Supreme court that that happens yeah, with. Let's just talk a little about this Supreme court decision before we go any further, I guess. Cause like, sure, I sure. know that this is going to rile some people up like, and, and yes, like I, I personally am the kind of person that tends to favor strong term limit rules. Just like if I'm just speaking just from my heart about like policies that I support, I probably would have voted no towards Morales, you know, uh, serving another term as president if I lived in Bolivia, too, because that's that's how I operate. Just on my personal policy. Would I have wanted Morales to serve more terms? 
I don't know. It depends if there is sort of a good kind of successor in a, a movement that he had built that could succeed him and carry the momentum. If but you generally, if if he had, if 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 there's if that's sort of secure, then yeah, he probably should have done that. But was but the constitution out? Regardless, was yeah. the running of more pres uh, was the running of more terms constitutional? Yeah, yeah. With a law that I mentioned earlier that said international treaties superseded Bolivian law, the court interpreted a law, a, a treaty that um, politicians couldn't be impeded from running for office as you can't have term limits. So, yeah, that makes sense. Do I agree with it? No. But is it logical? I guess so. Here's the thing. Regardless of how you feel about term limits, like I say, I personally am somewhat in favor of strong term limits. It doesn't it doesn't give us the right to just like condemn this whole situation. I mean, that's like, right. you know, it's it's like the situations where somebody gets shot by the police and, oh, well, they, they, they said, fuck you to the cop or whatever. Well, that doesn't justify it. Yeah. It's like, it's this, it's the whole concept of critical support. Right. I, I don't have to agree with everything that Morales has done, including this, but even if I don't agree with it, let's just talk about, let's put this into like the context of how we ourselves view. And by we, I mean, you know, everybody listening to this podcast and also kind of just Americans in general view our legal system. So this referendum failed narrowly first of all so it was supported by a lot of people which is part of how it like made its way into the courts you know things don't just like get into the court without a certain amount of support in a lot of places right and 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 so like this like continued as a fight because a lot of people wanted it a lot of people wanted morales to have another term including obviously morales and morales uh, has been in for 13 years and like if you're doing any kind of movement or organization and you have not built in a successor after 13 years, uh, unless perhaps World War II is happening, uh, like there is some sort of critical organizational failure going on, right? And and can, can, t touching on that real quickly, two people who say he's a dictator because he served 13 years. Angela Merkel has served a, a, a year longer and other politicians from countries that we would not consider dictatorships have served more or less as long. So that's not really a salient right. point. Yeah, but no. again, I do concur with you, Brandon. Um, we, we have to apply a fair standard. We can't just say, yes, it's fine for Angela Merkel to be in office for 14 years, um, but Evo Morales cannot possibly run for a third term, even though the court said so. And again, what I was going to get to is like, okay, so there's a lot of things that we rely on in this country that came down to a court decision because it couldn't get done by popular vote for various reasons. We know that popular vote is not always accurate. We know that in our country, there's a lot of issues with the popular vote. So it's kind of funny that we would assume that the popular vote is like perfect everywhere else. And so there may have been a, a majority support. I don't know. I don't live in Bolivia. It's not for me to say. But the point is, is that like there are a lot of things in this country we have not been able to get done by popular vote for various reasons. A lot of times because of the weird ways that we sort of distribute things amongst states. And 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 some of those things have gone to the courts. And like one of those that's a real one is gay marriage. And I don't think any of us here are like oh let's throw out gay marriage because it happened in the courts right like <laughs> we all agree that things can happen in the courts and that's okay <laughs> i mean in most democratic societies the courts are a co-equal branch of government um and they have the power to effectively 
abolish or institute laws or to just decide on what is legal. Um, that right. is literally what a court is for. And like, we may not have all agreed with Citizens United, but we didn't have a coup over it. <laughs> you know? Leia, uh, intentionally silent. Yeah. That's what <laughs> thinking about, well, you know, had there no, been a coup. Had there. I just, you know, kind of to, to put things in perspective as we go to the election, here's sort of a picture. So um, the vote, uh, as we know, the vote was extremely tenuous. And one of the provinces that it was tenuous in, the governor was Morales's brother. And there was allegations that he had, you know, stepped in to kind of regulate the vote and throw off a recount to make sure that it didn't swing to Morales's opponent. And the Supreme Court, which was staffed with kind of Morales loyalists, um, affirmed that court of, that sort of swaying of, wait, no, fuck, I'm talking about 2000. I'm talking about the U.S. 2000 election. Oh, shit, that was Bush. Yeah, that was Bush's yeah. election you were just talking yeah, that, about. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 okay. I messed things up. That, that was Bush. That sorry. happened that We got, happened we got our notes mixed election. up. That's Bush 2000. Okay, let me, let me explain the Morales election. So what actually happened was uh, there was a, a two-part vote, which has, is something that has been pushed for in a lot of Latin and South America by like voting accountability groups backed by the United States and shit. So like, just to be clear that like what I'm about to describe, this is, this is the system that they've been told, hey, you should do this. If you want Western governments to recognize your election, all right? Okay, so it's a two-part vote counting system where you do a quick count and then the real count. And you do that quick count on the day of the actual election, basically just to give the media and shit stuff to report on, but it's non-binding. And then you do the real count afterwards and you figure out the actual result of the election. So the quick count showed Morales at, like something like 45% and his opponent at something like 37%. R remember, remember the, the Bolivian primary system has a multi has a multi-candidate election as sort of a kind of semi-primary. And if the leading candidate gets either over 50% of the vote or 10% ahead of the second candidate, then they get to become president but if not it goes to a two two candidate runoff right yeah so it's kind of like an instant runoff system in a way where if you yeah if you reach a certain threshold you just win and there's not another election and and yeah uh but so obviously that initial quick poll at the end of you know the day the 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 day of voting uh showed them within a close enough margin that they would have had to hold a second vote and and so Morales's opponent, I can't think of the guy's name right now. If somebody could look it up, that'd be nice. His name is Midboss. Midboss, thank you. Midboss. Oh, in, um, in fact, um, Midboss, the guy who came in second, is not is not at all related to the coup. Like they're not trying to restore democracy. No, yeah, I, putting in like the quote unquote rightful leader, even though he isn't. Like yeah. he's not. He's not. That's not happening. No, yeah, Midboss isn't even like he's just sort of like a centrist, mediocre, conservative, whatever. Like he's not actually as scary as who's in power now, but we'll get into that later. But anyway, so he he declared because of this quick count vote, he was like, "We're within ten percent. We're going to get another vote." And he was getting all his supporters really riled up. And what happened was they did the full vote, and it came out that it was like, "Oh, the actual full vote is like Morales, 
47 uh, percent, and and mid boss has like 36 percent. So he's so Morales actually yeah. win wins wins, and he's president. Mm-hmm. He and takes it's in- the first round. And it's important to remember, like, we have this in America, like we have exit polling. It's not exactly the same as a quick poll, but you understand that an exit poll is giving you an approximation of the results, but they're not official. And we also understand that news organizations will declare someone a winner, um, but that person is not officially the winner because the votes have not been officially called when CNN shows little graphic and it's got the little white guy's face and there's a little check mark and they go, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's not. At 8.30 p.m., C- CBC is calling the winner of the election as fuck McDougal face. Right. But with, fuck, with 37 districts reporting. Right. But fuck McDougal face is not literally the winner yet just because it's reported in an exit poll or a partial vote count. The same principle applies uh, to the Bolivian election. And uh, it's important to remember that not only does that same principle apply, uh, the other principle that applies is that districts remain to be counted. And if you follow elections enough, you know that sometimes a late district is in a city and might be more favorable to one group of people, or it might be in the country and might be more favorable to another group. If you've ever looked at a New York Times elections page, you know they say, oh, there are 20% of the votes left, and these are from so-and-so's district. Uh, so that the, the outgoing um, votes that were still to be counted were from the country, which was like heavily indigenous. Those were Morales's districts that were last to report because mm-hmm. they were in more remote areas. Um, and even if you don't follow, you know, elections at all, and you just follow left Twitter, all of this stuff that was happening with Kashama Sawant uh, was her uh votes her absentee votes or whatever coming in late at the last minute so that she barely eked out a win for seattle city council uh, it's the same principle applies it, it was an absentee yeah. ballots just just a nitpick it was ballots that were um done the day of the day voting closed because washington uses a paper mail ballot system and so the mail-in oh. ballots were counted first but day of voting typically skews a lot more leftward uh so and those take time to be counted but yeah it's somewhat of the same thing where where it looks like one guy is gonna win but as more ballots come out oh no you know so that's what what, when people say oh there was a a halt in the recording and then suddenly they jump he jumped up like 20 percent like no that didn't happen that was the quick vote halting as more votes were coming in and the results were shifting the full vote, also they they the they had like a was... time i think or something like they had some criteria where they were going to call the quick vote you know and like that they reached it and they called the mm-hmm. quick vote which was what they said they were going to do and which is again like just to really deconstruct the bad narratives that started to form around this like this is again like this is the system that a lot of other latin and south american countries use that again has been sort of Push as if you want to be accepted by Western governments, this is one of the like systems you can use that we will like accept the results of basically. And so, like, immediately his opponent was, like I said, caught like before the results, the real results were in, was calling it a victory that there was going to be another vote. 
and and like riling up his supporters, which was obviously disingenuous. He knew darn well that it wasn't guaranteed yet. Um, and then also the media narrative started right away, like you were kind of alluding at that, um, you know, because that quick vote stopped, that something was weird about that when in fact, like that was always the plan. <laughs> and also, also like just for a moment here, as we said before, this was only the first round of balloting and Morales, even if it had swung slightly the other way, he still would have been heavily favored for the contingent election. Yes. And he probably would have won that in the runoff. Absolutely. So at, at no at no point was Morales seriously under risk from being voted out of office. He would just have to campaign campaign a little bit longer and contest the second round of voting, which he would have won. So if he did rig it, and maybe he did, I don't think so. I don't think so. There's no proof of it at all. There are multiple reports from international observers that say that there's no irregularities and no fraud. The I, I know, but I'm trying to give benefit of the doubt to the idea. Okay. To well, say that even if he did rig it, why? <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to like, yeah. somebody will listen to this and they'll be like, whoa, because we have a lot of resistance moms on our feed and maybe two of them will listen to this and they'll be like, well, you know, uh, he was no angel. So I just want to get in front of the no angel narrative that yes. he used for like egregious shit uh being kind of swept under the rug uh just to clarify your hypothetical situation yes and i i agree with you i just also think that like a lot of the people that i've seen sort of already have these bad assumptions about him and like i've just been trying to prove to people that whether you think he's great or not or you think that some of these things are true or not what happened is still wrong so let's get into what happened next um right. so so he was declared president. He was declared president. Almost immediately, there was massive, uh, there was not, uh, no, not massive. There was protests among kind of right-wingers that were mad that Morales didn't, that Morales was elected again. And, yeah, and uh, Im immediately it was, yeah, they were really violent. Immediately, this was concurred with U.S. State Department organizations saying, "Oh, there were mm, there were irregularities in the vote. There was tra there were trans transmission errors. Eh, Morales is a dictator, and he should hold new elections." And da -da -da -da. and things sort of they began to get out of control. Protests protests spiraled up. Morales said that he would hold fresh elections, and here's where the coup comes in. Yeah, because they started dragging people out of, like, finding his supporters that were close to him and started dragging uh, people out of their houses and beating the shit out of them and setting their houses on fire and uh, other incidents mm -hmm. like that. There was a intense wave of violence in the next 72 hours after he agreed to a new election, which he was going to win anyway. Yeah, and that's the thing, is they knew that he would likely, and he knew that he would likely win a re-election you know, if he had to hold another election, whatever. And so from the very beginning, like, Leia, you described them as right-wing protesters, that, which is accurate overall, but it's important to note that, like, the cops, a lot of the police and the military from the very beginning had sort of switched sides and were on the side of these right-wing protesters and were marching right. with them, and that was part of the problem. Right. And, and it was part and of so what was protests look so legitimate and be very hard for anyone else to kind of counter or stop at, at the at the start and here's where the coup part comes in the military right. and police 
ask Morales to resign, you know? Yep. And yeah, I'm not sure what conclusions you can draw other than the military asks the president to resign other than a coup. If I bring the military uh, to your house, podcast listener, and I tell them to ask you to uh, like and subscribe to our feed, uh, it's not really voluntary. They have guns. Yeah. And I, I don't know what people are expecting. Like, you you know, if, if, if they had literally marched into his office and put a gun to his head, they probably would have shot him, you know, just taken it to the next step. Because that's usually what happens when, like, coups reach that stage. They don't, they don't usually, you know, march people out by gunpoint. They usually just make the threat. You know, you know what happens next. We've got you surrounded. You know, we've got guns. You need to leave. And, and, and that's, that's a coup. That's the, the literal definition of a coup is the military removing government officials from power and often putting in a oppositional party that's not super popular, which, of course, was the next step. And all of the violence was there. I mean, they uh, were dragging people out of their houses. They were setting things on fire. They were kidnapping family members of party officials. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that, okay, so you were talking earlier about, well, did Morales have successors? In fact, he did have other successors within his party, and his party was, you know, large and popular. Um, the thing is, is that one of those people would have become president in the case that he resigned uh, normally, but they all resigned too because of the threat of violence, which if you don't see a problem with like an entire party resigning under the threat of violence, and you think, oh, well, they were just all corrupt, I guess. Like, no, get real. Get so much realer than that, people. This is a lot like Trump in that uh, it's so blatant as to shock the conscience and to remove any room for plausible deniability. Uh, I think there were like uh, also radio stations and other like media outlets that were mass coordinated a series of attacks and what we are seeing in the United States, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild and it's still getting wilder. And so part of the problem, like I said, is, you know, it's this oppositional party. So not only was Morales insanely popular, but his party was insanely popular and held the majority after the election, but now they've pretty much all been forced. Right. But they've pretty much all been forced to resign. The police, uh, the police, blocked uh, MAS or Movement for Socialism legislators from entering um, legislative chambers. Right. The actual, and it, it, it yeah. was pretty, they, a pretty funny sight to see. And I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter, but uh, Anya is the, the new president, swore herself in in an almost empty Senate. Yeah, there were there like, like four or five people. people. That's like the people who like are, are listening to our podcast right now. It's just like a very tiny room. Of 12 people. Um, <laughs> actually, our podcast following is, is much bigger than the room of people she was sworn in in, which is actually, crazy to say. Actually, you're right, because that was like our following at around like episode eight. But yeah. we literally have more more listeners than uh, th- that fucking room. It's actually crazy. Yeah, and, and by the way, if, if, if you're one of the people that thought the Supreme Court approving Evo Morales' ability to run for another term was wrong... Guess who just approved Enya as being president? Yeah, it's fucking... It's the Supreme Court of Bolivia. That's who. That, it, you, you guessed it. <laughs> and what's really fucked up about it is, like, Morales fled the country uh, in the hopes of, like, having stability 
and peace, but there's been no stability and peace. No. There's been a purge. And they've actually signed today preemptive pardons for any military officer that commits any uh, crime in the, if I got the quote correctly, the reestablishment of social order. You guys know what the fuck that means? Like, are, are we all completely naive or do we get, if you've read a history book, like, you know what that term means? That's, that's that mythical license to kill. There it is. That's some legit yeah. James Bond license to kill shit. Yep. On mass to a huge collection of bloodthirsty people. And I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but the the riot, riot police massacred uh, unarmed indigenous protesters in Cochabamba. And if we can go on a little segue to uh, indigenous people, they make up 60% of Bolivia. And the incoming president has called them satanic and said that they should evacuate the cities for the mountains that they it's don't belong a, it's actually there. closer to it's closer to 70 than 60 yeah right yeah it's extremely high percentage and yes and and you know we could say a lot of things about Janine Enya's um you know people have dug up some of her old tweets and she's you know talked about like Leia was saying, like just you know, we have to get the indigenous people out. We have to get Christ in. Mind as you, mind she's you, Evo into was, office. Evo Morales was Bolivia's first indigenous president. Yes, and he was the son of farmers. I mean, he came from a humble background, and 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 his movement. Whether or not you want to make the argument that aspects of his career became bad or corrupt later, his movement was definitely a grassroots movement of indigenous people from its core. And like that's who supports him, and that's like where he comes from. And uh, yeah, so like this is really bad for indigenous people. And um, already there's reports that at least 23 indigenous people have been killed by security forces in Bolivia since since Janine Enyes took office. So like the hope right. that even that the violence was going to stop, no, the violence has not stopped. So kind of libs, if we can put this in your perspective, imagine, imagine at 2008, uh, imagine that there were some, imagine 2008 was a lot closer in the vote share and there was some protests from, uh, there was some protests from right wingers that kind of claimed that the vote was illegitimate. And Obama said that he would hold a new set of elections once he had been sworn in. And then the military asks Obama to step down from president. And they put in George Lincoln Rockwell as president. And he says that, oh, <laughs> that Obama can't run again. And uh, also has, you, you know, you know who George Lincoln Rockwell is. And also uh, starts massacring unarmed black protesters who are trying to undo the events. And Democratic congressmen and senators are being prevented from accessing um, the House of Representatives and the Senate. And sort of picture that, and now it's in Bolivia. And do you kind of understand what we're getting at? Yeah, that's, I don't know how to get through to these people, but maybe the best way is just to talk about how important Evo Morales has been a little bit and just like what him losing power to these like absolute gargoyle fascist, you know, Bible thumping murder hounds means. Because like, before Evo Morales took office, Bolivia had just incredible problems 
and you know like a lot of like countries in that region at that time basically like had been economically devastated by imperialism and was you know trying to recover in some way and Evo Morales was this big push you know to sort of say no the imperialists don't have all the answers we're throwing them out of our major offices right. and we're doing something for us and Evo Morales was able to greatly reduce poverty he took one of the most illiterate countries in the world and in his first term had brought it up to full literacy. Um, and he also took one of the poorest countries in the world and instituted a national health care system. So he did incredible things for the lives of poor people in his country. Stuff that like, honestly, some, some, of, some of that is stuff we could still use here in, in America, the supposed progress. Yeah freedom happy place that we live so you know for him to lose power to these people who are so clearly ready to roll back all progress like they're 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 it's not pussyfoot around this they're christian fascists yeah like anya's and you might have seen this on twitter um brought this massive bible to the sort of hall of government said you know christ is back in bolivia like the panchama will never be here again. And the panchama is a um, indigenous spirit deity. I don't want to class it. It's, as like a, it's, but... it's kind of a mother earth it, goddess figure is the right. closest analogy I can give, but please don't hate me Twitter. I'm not trying to like, right. it's, it's an element of that. Bolivian indigenous spirituality. Yeah. That is important. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's, it's very complex and multifaceted, but the point is, is that, when Morales took power, uh, things like the the uh, the Pamchama um, and the I don't know if we're pronouncing that right, by the way, but don't. But anyways, sorry. yeah. Um, and, um, and, when when Morales uh, took office, he he made he, Christianity he, no he longer the state religion of Bolivia, and he also made the Wihalpa, which is um, right sort of the flag of the Bolivian indigenous peoples or just the indigenous peoples of the region in general, the second official state flag. And if you've seen on Twitter, there's videos of um, Bolivian police cutting off the Wihalpa from their uniforms and cheering about it and burning them, which is very fun. It's very nice. It's definitely also, overthrowing a dictator. He also recognized all 63 like indigenous languages of Bolivia that are like still spoken as as co-national languages along with spanish which is of course something that a lot of like the sort of old school you know imperialist old guard that have had power in a lot of these countries for a long time and we're literally talking about like when evo morales took office he was overthrowing a 500 year ish cycle of power that started with pan spanish conquest of the Americas and like led to like, you know, these like governments that were primarily staffed by imperialist outsiders, even after supposed transitions to democracy and stuff like that. So I hate that. I hate that. Like with Morales gone, I mean, the people that are going to receive this violence are those indigenous people. It's going to be the people that don't have all the guns that, I mean, are going to live through the consequences yes. of 
of all of this. And one of the things, I mean, look, we do like to find positive outcomes in this show, even in dark circumstances. So I will say Teslas are going to have like $5 knocked off of the price. The lithium <laughs> batteries. Are, oh, God. The lithium batteries are going to be slightly cheaper, which is great. Um, I know all everybody who listens to this podcast, you own one or two Teslas. You're probably thinking about getting your second Tesla, your <laughs> yeah. third Tesla. So your yeah. backup, Tesla, <laughs> your backup Tesla is going to be a little bit cheaper. Um, and I'm the, dying, Brandon. I'm dying inside. Assuming that they pass the savings on to you, which they might not, because Tesla's stock is just having a lot of problems. So don't know. Although it's not having a problem with this, it shot way up in response to the Bolivian coup because, of course, as Brandon is getting at, lithium resources is a core element of perhaps why all of this really happened because everything that we've been talking about is somewhat of a smokescreen in terms of, oh, the Supreme Court and irregularities and blah, blah. Yeah, okay. It's so about real- resource imperialism. Right. The just real just shit. like it was in Venezuela. Oh, uh, what a funny coincidence. Uh, just like it's been throughout the entire history of Latin America. You guys want to get into like, because all of this stuff, like it's easy for Americans to brush things like this off as foreign country news. And it's like, oh, it's really weird over there. Uh, I guess the world is just a chaotic place. And the news works very hard to convince you that the rest of the world is just a naturally chaotic place. And that the people in these, excuse me, naturally chaotic places just can't handle their business and just can't handle self-governance. And that's not the case. A lot of the problems that we see abroad have roots in the economic choices that happen here in the United States. Yes, and that's what Mm -hmm. we're seeing directly with Tesla's stock shooting Uh, up. But yeah, like, let me me read out this, this extreme... And they read out this extremely prescient tweet when it comes to just the mask is off on imperialism. This is from Chris Murphy, U.S. Senator from Connecticut. In Bolivia, the U.S. needs to support a civilian-led movement of power, a transition of power at a hilarious moment. We can't botch this one like we did Venezuela. Oh. Hmm. That's Chris Murphy. Yep, hmm. literally fucking saying we tried to coup Venezuela, but we couldn't do it. So we got to do this one right. That's yeah, actually we really bad. We were wasting serious. too much time not imperialism hard enough. We fucked up the imperialism. We got to get a, a running start again. And Chris Murphy has no need to pander to anybody because he's a Democrat in an extremely safe state. It doesn't get much safer than Connecticut. Oh, but you forgot uh, Janine Enyes is a woman. Girl power. So, uh, you know, progress, hashtag equality or something. The United States does not have a woman president yet. So maybe get with the times, America. If only we were as progressive as the Christian fascists of Bolivia. Maybe we can find like Georgina Lincoln Rockwell. Ooh. Now you're speaking the language that will get both the neoliberals and the conservatives wet. I mean, we tried. We tried. (laughs) Very hard to get Sarah Palin in. We just didn't quite pull it off. <laughs> God. Well, let's get back to the topic at hand and try to maybe work towards wrapping this up. Well, um, well listen, you're, we're not even I mean, close. We're not even close, unfortunately. Like we. Well, the thing about- is, is that there's 
there's no way there is no way to wrap this topic up because it's not a, it's not a finished topic um the 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 people who Things are, are in power now by the time that we release this yeah, this is going to come out Monday. We're recording this Saturday. By the time this even comes out, things will probably have changed. But we're going to do our best to document it as it is today, and we will probably continue to document it because it's going to be a very serious ongoing issue that does affect us here. Because the thing is, is that like in 2021, y'all will be like, why is Donald Trump so bad to Bolivian refugees? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the cycle right. started. So, so we, so we have to think about this shit now. So we're not just dumbfounded later and just caught with our pants down as the left, because that's kind of what I feel like happened in the 2016 election. Donald Trump got elected, and the left was just standing. We were all standing there with our pants down, like, yeah, we really don't have a response to fascism. Whoops. I mean, the left does not have problems with responses to fascism. I think it's it's, uh, the, it's the center does right. I think it's just people that are in mainstream media and nothing else uh, that just have not ever had to confront this and really haven't had to confront anything to the right of Newt Gingrich. Uh, yeah, but wouldn't really it be fair? Wouldn't it be fair to also say that like a lot of actual people on the ground kind of had their heads in the clouds before Trump was elected? And that, like, a lot of people, I mean, I think we're all included in this category as part of why I'm saying this. And probably most of our listeners, too. Like, a lot of people kind of thought, for better or worse, Hillary Clinton's going to get elected. Probably won't be that bad. Whatever. We'll move on. Next. You know, you know whatever. Like, if and, Clinton was president, we'd already have boots on the ground in Venezuela, Iran, and Bolivia. Oh, oh yeah. Big time. <laughs> But anyway, like anyways, a lot a lot of people kind of had this thought that like, you know, things were relatively headed in the right direction or at least weren't headed so far in the wrong direction that anyone needed to panic. And and, and Trump getting elected was a, a wake up call for a lot of people. And similarly, Evo Morales getting thrown out of office seems to have been a even more extreme wake up call in Bolivia because to transition back to our final topic here, it looks like we're on the verge of a civil war. Or at what point do you call it a civil war? Maybe we just call it a civil war today. Uh, well, first of all, hold mm -hmm. on. We need, actually need to backtrack because y'all were caught off guard by Donald Trump. Uh, I saw Donald Trump coming. Actually, I'm actually super relieved at how the last three years have gone because I expected shit to be a lot worse with this dude getting in here. Uh, I'm glad that he was so incompetent and is so like not focused on anything and has so little cooperation from other Republicans. Things yeah. could have been a lot worse than they actually turned yeah, out the last three years. He's such a fucking idiot, and it's great. Like, it, like, like if he was competent, then we'd be in so much worse a position. So much worse. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that this will be like the penicillin or the smallpox. And we all have the hives now, but people are more politically aware, uh, you know, about what's what's going on and what conflicts are ahead. So that when Trump Mark II comes in like four or five years, uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time like getting people to see what that looks like. Yes. Um, like, if, and as if far there's as a, if there's some kind of fusion of like the smug glibness of 
Pete Buttigieg and like his ability to fucking make you cry when he says why we needed to bomb the orphanage mixed with the agenda of Donald Trump. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we could, if we could ward off against some, some talking like about that. president Logan Paul. Oh God. <laughs> Logan Paul is, is too like in your face, but yeah, the Pete Buttigieg of Trumpism yes. is the person that I'm like, Oh man. Cause the yeah, media is so filled yeah. now with, with credulous dorks that will take anything at face value and not research and won't think and have no lived experiences, uh, that it will be very rough going if that person breaks through. Right. Luckily, right now like they're we right were, now going in the like, opposite direction. Most people were fine with Bush, and he was a he was a chuntering goofus who fucked up at every possible turn. And war crimes as much as possible. And that's why I've kind of been saying, and I've said this since I first learned about Buttigieg and heard about him, is that he's probably one of, if not the most dangerous, just to America, candidates in the field. I don't. He's I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't. Well, okay. Well, I'll just speak for myself. I'm not in any way comparing Pete Buttigieg to Donald Trump. Oh I'm no, of course not. And I'm also not necessarily saying that his – I guess I am saying that. His manner in the way that the the pre, that he hit the press's doggy scratch buttons uh, with so, so quickly and so effortlessly while coming out of nowhere does concern me because I can see other people, not him, with the ability to hit those same buttons – and using them for much more dangerous ends, which I think is what you're getting at. Just, yeah, yeah, just gain, he provides. He took the Obama. Um, he took the Obama platform. Or not the, the Obama platform, but the Obama yeah. like way of delivering things, and didn't even have the pretense of policies behind it. Like at least Obama tried to say that he would do things, but Buttigieg is just nothing behind the. Uh, I, I'm I'm just a friendly I'm I'm just a friendly small town mayor. I'm a little boy. I'm a little boy. My name is Pete. I'm a little boy. And you get me in the White House, please. Yeah. So, like, as far um, as the Civil War thing goes, to bring it back to Bolivia for a second, right? Because this, this episode is about Bolivia. Yeah. I mean, we do love to talk about American electoral politics, but as far as Bolivia, it's the Civil War when the folks that are getting killed start killing people back. Well, I mean, um, I mean there yeah. were reports that resistance uh, fighters, you know, have been like capturing some critical areas, including possibly yeah. some like key resources, like a police weapons depot and some stuff mm -hmm. like that. And they're marching um, on La Paz. So, I I guess it's a civil. I think it's a civil war. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think these things are really hard to define. They're really slippery as to like, is today a civil war? Is tomorrow a civil war? When does it become a civil war? So I feel like it's something that we have to look back three to four months from now. And that's when we can d definitively say if today was when the civil war was happening. And that's the thing, probably... though, is, is like <laughs> Brandon and chat. God, I'm sorry. Uh, so listen, I unfortunately I feel like the Civil War is 
this sounds so dark, but I think the Civil War is the best case scenario right now. Because it means resistance to the yeah. right-wing agenda? Yeah, yeah. The, the alternative is a uh, the, art, the, the, the act of killing situation where it's just a massacre. Because I don't think those people are going to go quietly. Yeah, it's almost certainly genocide, if, if, if not a civil war, from the way it's looking. Because the intention so far of the people that are in power is to say, you know, indigenous people don't matter. And if you try to protest, we're going to shoot you and we're going to forgive the cops who shot you. Just blanket statement. It's done. Like, those are the conclusions that we've come to here in this episode. And that's just looking at what's in the news, what's the reality of the situation on the ground. So I kind of have to agree with you, Brandon. And, and I, I think that we will regard this as the start of a civil war, most likely, because, you know, when we look back at this, this is the turning point where the conflict has now shifted. The conflict initially was between the government and the military, which is a coup. That's a definition. Right. Right. Uh, and now the conflict is between the government and the people. It's not coming from, you know, Morales is not even in the country. It's not like he's organizing this. You know, um, there have been cases, of course, in history where like people have been deposed and then they're immediately organizing with the resistors, which, you know, I wouldn't personally necessarily be judgmental about. But I'm just saying like he's not even doing that. He, he left in the hopes that he would get cause more stability by leaving. Um, and instead, it's just getting very dark. So we're at the point now where it's the government versus the people. That sounds like a civil war. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know that there's a better outcome than this. Hopefully, maybe they can restore some, some sanity because right now we're in a situation where a very small, very scary party has taken control of Bolivia with the backing of Western nations for entirely capitalistic reasons. And this shit needs to stop. I mean, come Sorry. on. And this has a large amount of history throughout Latin America. When people vote democratically uh, to support their own communities and to maintain their own national resources, there's violence that's fixed on them by people who are trained in America or have American tied into economic interests or, um, you know, are interested in exporting American policy abroad. So if you're listening to this and your conclusion is, well, this has been an entertaining hour, but this seems obviously bad, what can I do? Uh, resisting the expansion of the military-industrial complex is job one here because that prevents those actions happening over there. Absolutely. And, and another message, another thing to take away from this episode, in general, like Jesus. Another lesson to take away from this episode is that if you were fooled this time, or at least in the beginning stages of it, don't get fooled again. Like yeah. learn, learn how how this was spun, and how this was sold to you, and when something feels like it might be being sold to you again, think about it. You might be right. being sold imperialism recognize who those actors are who sold you the last bill of goods recognize the way that they spoke which was um foreign uh, elections are weird and inscrutable and can't be explained to you which we just explained to you um or the idea that there was some vague and nebulous corruption 
And think of any time the United States gets involved in something, the leader of that country is always accused of some vague and hard to define uh, corrupt act that has an American equivalent that does not get responded to with overwhelming violence against those political parties and groups. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, regardless, again, even if you leave this episode with some mixed feelings about Morales, you should still have the feeling that democracy should over, you know, any sort of democratic solution should override doing something like this, having something like this happen. Because what happens in basically the overwhelming number of cases is no matter how justified a coup seems in the moment, it always leads to a continued legacy of violence and suffering for the lower classes. So even if you thought that, you know, Morales was the worst person ever and nothing we said today was able to convince you otherwise, you still should look at the facts and realize that this coup is going to make things worse and that democratic solutions should have been employed. Ultimately, yeah, you either support the idea of democracy or you don't. What you are seeing in Bolivia right now does not support the idea of democracy by any stretch of the imagination, by any stretch of it. No. The military stepping in and throwing out Morales is not democracy in action in any form. And it's actually ironic that anyone would believe that the military doing that is more democratic than the courts saying he could run when the courts are a part of our democratic system. So, like, get your head straight, y'all. Yeah, and and if you're on the left, like, making your whole argument about how you have, like, all of these disagreements with Morales, it's just not, like, super beneficial. Um, Like, we need to, I hate to use the word radicalize, but firm the ideology of just being pro-democratic but um that's it i feel like we've talked this we've talked this very thoroughly we've run it through we've we've told people what to do and what to know and where to go so i consider this like a mission complete from us yeah yeah we did good good here i think so for the team uh and for ren our great editor what what's Rin's last name? What were we doing? What was the bit? It totally escapes me. I'm an eight year old Bolivian child. Oh God, we know, but right. like Rin's last name, Ren whatever. Te- Ren Texas. Ooh, Your idea was Ren. Oh yeah, Ren Texas. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna redo that. So for Ren Texas, and on behalf of the rest of the team, I am Brandon Buchanan. Laros. I'm Kennedy Cooper. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. See ya.